Blog Talk Radio. of the Pajama Party. I'm uh, one of your hosts, uh, oh my, uh, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Okay. Bonsoir on a hot summer night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's everybody doing? Cool, man. Not cool. too bad. Yeah. Justice Department charges. Also, DNC announces seven candidates qualified for the next week's debate stage. And Major League Baseball drops marijuana from drug of abuse list. Uh, hit it and quit it headlines. Woman lied on a resume to land a $185,000 job. But guess where she's going? Also, Walmart, Santa, and cocaine. Okay. Also, the feds um, bust illegal streaming service bigger than Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu. Wow. Mm. Also, what's popping with Papa Didi? Uh, weird news also. You going to lighten it up for you? Thousands of... Okay. What, why y'all get me? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Thousands of penis-like sea worms wash up on California Beach. Also, mm. woman... Being, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. A woman says being kidnapped so uh, she could steal a car. And why are pigeons in cowboy hats roaming Las Vegas? Also, I'm just saying with red wine, it's the battle of the billionaires. Living for the city with Papa Didi. My Hollywood rapper. The cocktail of the week. It's going to be a surprise. I'll kiss the list in the last word. So sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail. 
and we'll be back with the hot topic. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. 914-803-4306. Hey, hey, don't forget, they can catch us on uh, Twitter also. At uh, Pajama Party.com, too. What's the number, Papa? 914-803-4306. Uh, I don't know how I got in the studio. Red Wine uh, came in here by himself, and me and Kettle just happened to come here and catch your skill at airtime. As you so know, we're trying to do my own promo, and y'all just have to show up well, again. Can y'all tell me what time? Oh, 9 o'clock, Eastern Time, 8 o'clock, Mountain Time, 7 o'clock, Central Time. No, that's wrong. And 6 o'clock, Western Time. <laughs> East, West Coast Time. Right, okay. right. Either way, so if you're in California, call us at 6, 6 p.m., 7 o'clock, if you're hanging out in Colorado somewhere. 7 o'clock, that's Central Time. Now we got it all seven, seven o'clock, you you and uh, Okay, it's nine o'clock Eastern. Y'all do the math. Figure out where you are, check your watch. Nine right. o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Right, okay. Check us out. Nine o'clock Eastern standard time. Nine fifteen CP time, right? Yep, that's right. CP time, nine fifteen. There you go. All right. All right, boss. Hey. Bartender. Hey, is that Mr. Love? Hey, come on, Mr. Love, Mr. Bartender. I was trying to jiggle my eyes and my glasses and melted. Oh, jiggle my glasses. Hi, welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Hello. And red wine. A bonsoir. A bonsoir, bonsoir. Comment allez-vous, bonsoir? Iman, Iman, Iman. Comment allez-vous? Je suis vers vous. You guys okay over there? I'm feeling fine. I bet you are. What are you sitting on? Ah, grown folks juice. Oh, okay, is that the name of the cocktail? <laughs> That's what I'm calling it. Devil juice. Grown folks juice. What you say, devil juice? Oh my goodness. All right, well, let's get into the topics. All right. Get into these hot topics. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go. We got some hot ones. It's sizzling off the press. All right. False medical claims allegations, Justice Department charges. Ten former NFL players were charged in a multi-million dollar scheme to fraud to defraud the league's health care benefit program. Um, they submitted false claims for medical equipment, including devices um, used in sports. Um, the players were charged in two separate indictments filed in federal court in Kentucky, global, accusing them of conspiracy, wire fraud, and health care fraud. Prosecutors allege they submitted nearly $4 million in phony claims, leading to payouts of about $3.4 million between uh, June 2017 and December 2018. Those charged included um, five former players on the Washington Redskins, including Clinton Portis and Carlos Rogers. Of course, that's, you know, one of the big names, Portis. He was plastered all over the TV talking about it. 
So the prosecutors alleged the players targeted the, the um, Gene Upshaw NFL Player of Health Reimbursement Account Plan, which was established as part of a collective bargaining agreement in 2006. So it provides tax-free reimbursement of out-of-pocket medical care expenses that were not covered by insurance and that were insured by former players, um, their spouses and dependents. So it, it affects a lot of people. Um, prosecutors say the group's alleged ringleaders were Robert um, McCoon and Cornell Buckhatter, who um, they allege broke off to create his own similar ring. Um, so they will recruit former players by offering a, um, offering to submit fake claims to the health care plan. The um, ringleaders would then demand thousands of dollars in kickbacks from each fake claim prosecutors allege. Wow. So I guess Clinton Portis, he was just a little peon, but he was part of the, um, you know, the um, the ring. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. What's your take on it, Papa? What do you... I mean, it's still, right now, it's still developing. You know, I don't really have a, a big understanding for it, but uh, it sounds very interesting. I mean, it's not really hard sometimes to uh, manipulate the medical system. A lot of crooked doctors have been doing that for years, you know. Mm-hmm. But they have different um, departments. Now they, nowadays, they got different departments that are ready for that stuff, you know. Right. And right. I'm sure there's a whistleblower out there somewhere. That tipped them well, on I to it. Really if, you, if you keep making claims and, you know, it's coming from basically the same person, you might have 10 claims in maybe two months. So I guess that that's, that throws a red flag, like, what's going on? So then that's, that's probably when they start investigating. And, um, wow. So are you familiar with these players, Robert McCoon? And Cornell, um, I've, I've heard, Hatton. I've heard a few, yeah, I've heard a few of the names, yeah, I've had, I've heard a few names, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, um, uh, like anything else, nowadays, if you call back for a prescription of, uh, Tylenol 3 or something, once you call back a doctor one too many times, they start to investigate, they think you strung out on it, or, you know, so everything mm-hmm. is, is short-lived these days, I don't think you can extend anything medically anymore without probable cause, mm-hmm. you know, the word is out. But I'm sure there's still some people beating the system out there because they've been doing it for years. But uh But I think they were buying equipment and stuff. Yeah, it was like well because they, they, they have an alibi for it. You know, a lot of them can they can justify the injury and they may need this big old machine and uh but come to find right. out they wasn't buying the equipment or like I said is, I'm is that what they were saying, Chattel? They were buying the equipment, but they or they put in the paperwork that, that they said brought it, they were buying that it. They, they, they put in the paperwork that they wanted to get reimbursed for it, that they already paid for it or something and probably had a phony claim. But, or phony receipt. Yeah, but like I said, it's still. Because they never received the equipment at all. Yeah, so, so it's. Uh, so, so like you said, Papa, they're claiming, okay, I need one of those hot tubs or I need something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to work my legs. Ice tub. And right. you know, so too, never... that. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the medical industry, boy, that, that equipment is not cheap. Yeah. It's not. And, and those football players take a lot of abuse. So I'm sure they got all kind of stuff. You know, like those things they sit in for ice baths. 
I don't know what they call thinking all that kind of stuff or fancy massage equipment. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they, they were writing it like they were coming out of pocket with it. You know, how, how you put in a claim yeah. and you say, okay, well, I got like they already it. Bought it. Right, it costs $10,000, and I want to get my money back. So that's how they got reimbursed. So, but uh, they didn't kick out no money. And they, yeah, they have to justify me. Yeah. But, uh, so what, did they have Did they have some doctors that were in on it with them? That were writing up no. stuff, or were they just like fabricating receipts? They were fabricating receipts. There's no doctors involved so far. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, because what what the bad part about it is that I guess the people that were like like it was um, Clinton Porter, his spouse or somebody that he knows or. Um, affiliated with him could use this particular insurance. So now they're saying that because of this fraud thing, that um, their insurance may go up. Oh. Because now everybody takes a hit. Right. You're messing up everybody else. Um, Yeah. Let me read this last one. It says, Right. It provides tax-free reimbursement of out-of-pocket medical care expenses that were not covered by insurance. So, and then that were incurred by former players, their spouses and dependents. So they used it, you know, the spouses and dependents of those ball players. They used this insurance. So it was like a medical reimbursement slush fund, and they just took advantage of it and exploited it. There you go. Because in 2006, they must have, they came up with this particular health plan for the ball players. Mm-hmm. And it's called the Gene okay. Upshaw Interfield Player Health Reimbursement. I kind of remember something about, um, what is it, Mean Joe Green? He was fighting for the players for some type of health insurance. I kind of remember that. Do you remember that, Papa? Yeah. He's, yeah. And uh, he, all of them was, uh, and Gene Upshaw was the, uh, He's the president of the the uh, the union uh, union president players association. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. So this is what they have put in place um, for the players. So that was something that they had bargained for. You know, for them to fight for this hard, and then all of a sudden you're going to take advantage of it, and it's you you know you're messing it up for other people. It's, it's so unfair. But like I said, we'll continue to follow the story and see what happens. You know, greed always messes up stuff. If if a few yeah. people had done a few things here and there, nobody would have been right. the wiser. But they turned right. it into like a second job kind of thing, and then that's what yeah. blew the lid off. There you go, you know. And I'm quite sure if these people are still living at Fort for this, they are truly mad, you know. Um, you know, all their efforts and stuff is, uh, you know, Gone down the two, but like I said, we'll continue to follow the story, so keep moving. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. Let's talk about the DNC and these upcoming uh, debates for the Democrats. The uh, Democratic National Committee, also known as the DNC, has announced that 
only seven candidates have qualified to participate in next week's uh, presidential primary debate. And the people who qualify is Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden, uh, South Bend, Indiana Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Buttigieg, I never say his name right, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders, businessman, billionaire Tom Steyer, Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren, and businessman Andrew Yang made the cutoff. I'm surprised to hear his name. I know he's been doing his thing, but I was thinking uh, he's probably not going to make it, but so far. But he made the next cut. Uh, This next debate is uh, debate number six. going to be on Thursday, December 19th, at Loyola Marymount University in Los Angeles. And it will be airing on, uh, well, PBS. NewsHour is partnering with Politico to produce it. And it will be airing on CNN live. So if you want to set your DVR, if you can stand one more round of it, (laughs) that will be Thursday, December 19th. So uh, what's happening, though, out at Loyola is that there's a big labor dispute going on. And it's possible that that might derail the whole thing, this debate. So all the candidates who qualified are saying that they will not participate if it means breaking or crossing the uh, picket line. So this is going to be interesting, you know, because everybody, of course, wants to get up on that stage. They fought, clawed tooth and nail to make those cutoffs and meet the requirements. However, if the union out there is striking, all of the candidates said they will not cross the picket line. So they're showing solidarity with the uh, organized labor, saying that they're not going to do that. So uh, the DNC said that they're working with all the stakeholders to try to find an acceptable solution or resolution so that the debate will go on without a hitch, which I find interesting because they're not so much, it sounds to me, like they're not really, they being DNC, is not really so much concerned about why are the people striking. They're saying, look, can we find a resolution so that we can still have our debate? You know what I'm saying? It's like we're not so much worried about why did you all go out on strike in the first place, but what do we have to do to get you all to, you know, not be on strike uh, next week when we have this debate. And I guess after the debate is over, you all can strike until you blue in the face, you know. That's the way I took it. So uh, if you wanted to know what it takes to qualify to get up on that stage for this next cut, you had to receive at least 4% in at least four national or early state polls and meet the criteria Uh, of 6% in two early state polls. You also had to receive donations from at least 200,000 unique donors with a minimum of 800 from at least 20 different states. So, you know, they got all this particular criteria you have to meet. And uh, you had until yesterday to meet the fundraising and the polling thresholds. Uh, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker, and Hawaii Representative Tulsi Gabbard both said that they hit the fundraising goal, but they didn't have the number of polls necessary to get on the stage. So, 
There you go. Of course, we got Bloomberg in the mix. Mm-hmm. Where is what? Where is the debate going to be, and what time? This is in Los Angeles, Loyola Marymount University. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So Bloomberg, who of course, uh, uh, former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg, entered the race last debate. He uh, made it for two of the necessary four qualifying polls, but he didn't hit the fundraising threshold, which I found interesting, being a billionaire. I guess he's not really out here pounding the pavement trying to raise money because he already has money. If you've seen his commercial. I I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I won't even speculate on what, what he did and why, but. Either way, he didn't make the cut to get up on that stage this time. But he'll probably be mm-hmm. up there ready for the next one. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the whole point of this is that each debate, they add a different layer of requirements mm-hmm. to try to thin the herd. Right. So we shall see. That's true. Okay. That's all I got on the DNC. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Who would seem like is the top candidate so far? I still feel like Buttigieg is doing his thing, but it seems like he keeps getting tripped up on, like, stuff from the past or, you know, one little thing he might say and then people take it and run with it. But, you know, that's typical Mm -hmm. of people that are trying to find something wrong with a person. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that your I, I mean, I really haven't decided yet. I just kind of feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I said it before on previous shows that my concern with the elders in the group is um, are y'all going to be able to endure you know, people mm-hmm. like Biden. Well, Biden is not as old as Bernie, but I mean, come on. I just feel <laughs> like, just like they have a minimum age, you got to be what thirty-five to run for president. Mm-hmm. Is that the age? The ma- the minimum. There ought to be a maximum too. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just think while the Democrats and the Republicans are so busy fighting each other over everything else. Why don't y'all get together and decide what's the maximum? And while you're at it, why don't you have some term limits for all those representatives and senators, too? <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I uh, I'm sorry, what day did you say it was, the debate? It is on next Thursday, December 19th. I don't know okay. what time, but it will be on CNN. Okay. Uh-huh. CNN. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. So, with it being in California, you know, that's three hours back from the East Coast. I don't know. They'll probably start it early. So, on the East Coast, it may be on, what, around 8, 7, somewhere like that, 7 or 8. But that's all I have on that. I'm gonna pass it over to you, Papa Didi. Hmm. Okay. 
I tell you what, this is very interesting. We have a, a breakthrough with the baseball world. I mean, they're looking at the real reality of life, which is very interesting. And I think, uh, I don't know if people are going to follow suit on this, but Major League Baseball has put out their new drug policy uh, the other day, and it's shocking everybody through the roof. Uh, they just recently had a gentleman pass away uh, who played for the California Angels. Uh, his name was uh, Ty Struggs. They found him uh, dead in the hotel room. He was at an away game. I think it was in Colorado. They they couldn't find him, but couldn't find out he was in the hotel. He had OD'd on opium. I mean, uh, opium, uh, opiates, mm. mixed with alcohol and things like that. So he was hooked on pills, and I guess they didn't know it. But uh, but to to that account, um, Major League Baseball has removed uh, marijuana from its list of drugs of abuse, and announced that it will begin testing players for opiates and cocaine now, and they're going to uh, forego marijuana. So it appears that the beginning of the baseball season in uh, April of uh, 2020, baseball players can go ahead and roll that weed all they want, smoke weed all they want. And uh, because they claim there's so many states out here that uh, has it legalized that they don't even want to begin to battle the, the logistics of it. And some people have authorized medical situation with it and, and it's growing so much that uh, baseball think it's going to be real tedious to try to fight fight a substance that's legal so many, so many places, and um, they don't want to get into lawsuits saying that uh, the person did the marijuana in the state that was legal at the time, and also, so they're giving those guys carte blanche when it comes to uh, smoking weed. So beginning in 2020 of uh, wow. the baseball season, players are allowed to. Smoke all the weed they want, whether they do it in cookie form or candy or whatever they want to do. So if they test and find THC in their bloodstream, no, they won't. They they're won't all right. Them. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's a ticket to go out there and get abusive with it, but uh, at least they know if you smoke the joint two or three days before a game, at least you you're covered. You know, they said they won't flag that on the test. Mm. So that's that's a really interesting development, and uh, it's. It's one very the, progressive of them. One, yeah, one one of the things that popped up uh, out of nowhere would uh usually we have stuff that's really politically connected and people saying, Well, I wanna test it more like Biden was saying, you know, he's being all politically correct with it, you know, I don't wanna totally legalize it and all and trying to be what he is, but you know, marijuana is uh it's here to stay, you know, it's it's and it's of an abundancy. I mean I've seen different shows and specials on on TV where they talk about the business of that in Colorado. It's just it's crazy. I mean, they got marijuana plants growing, and, and I mean, it's just crazy. And all the taxes are up to date. You know, the the state the state taxes are, are paid up, and they got plenty money to spare. And you know, all the, all the schools are getting furnished financially, and everything that they pay taxes for to take care of. In Colorado, they have an abundance of money. They got people with security guards trying to protect different herb farms and all, and it's just, man, Colorado is just overflowing with uh, marijuana. So, But I have heard that people that have legal marijuana businesses are still dealing with issues from uh, street vendors, you know, black, I guess they call them black market. Street vendors, because you know you're not gonna get rid of them. It's gonna be a problem, but 
it just you know back on the baseball tip it's just very interesting to see that uh, a major league situation is gone and uh you know bit the bullet on something and said uh, we, we're not worried about that you know we're playing baseball we're not really getting into all the other stuff so i guess we can stay tuned with that and see what's happening because uh, hmm. it's interesting i'm surprised they made that move because i never looked at baseball as being one of the more progressive of organized sports you know i would have thought if anybody between baseball basketball and football i would have thought basketball would have been first in line to do something like that you know to make a bold move like that but baseball surprised me yeah why do they always well i guess it's not just baseball but this week I heard uh, some player was signed to some ridiculous contract, like for I don't know how much it was, 200 and something million dollars over, what was it, five, six, seven years or something. And they just keep on talking and talking about it. That must really be messed up when you get a contract, you're making good money, your agent negotiates for you. And then it becomes news. Everybody's all up in your business. I just think that's messed up. But I think it's with all the sports because they announced the salaries of the football players and the basketball players like that. It just seems like they ought to have some level of privacy with their salary, you know. Public knowledge, you know. But why? Everybody else's salaries aren't public. Well, in in the... uh in the regular employment sector, but not in the entertainment world. So. I don't know. It just seems kind of messed up to me. Hey, what do I know? I just feel like it ought to be your own business. But anywho, all right, well, that's it for the hot topics. Thank you for that one, Papa Didi. But we're definitely going to have to keep up with that story. Because I'm curious to see how this is all going to shake out. You know, if you're going to have problems with players coming to practice high or anything, I hope they don't take advantage of that. No, it's, it's well, baseball and marijuana. Well, what's the big reason why they said it was okay? I guess people are using it for, for um, pain management? No, they they said that, it, that it's, it's legal in so many states. <clears throat> so they're not, they're just not fighting it. You know, it's just a whole yeah, other. My thing is, are you going to be productive? You know, uh, like like yeah, Red well, Wine said, he's going to be too high to play. <laughs> now, I think it's baseball and it's marijuana, so they're looking at it like that. It's not football could be a more impairing situation where you're getting hit and you're getting, you know, you you have some bigger judgment calls when it comes to tackling people and the strategy of running and, and all that. But you know, baseball players are just, you know. But they get hit too. No, not, not naturally. Not naturally. You swinging a bat at a a ball coming at you real fast. Right. It's a whole lot of ways somebody can get hurt. So that's a judgment call on their part, you know. Let's see how it's going to play out. It's something interesting. All right. All right. Well, if you have any uh, comments, want to join the conversation, the number is 914-803-4348.
888-346-0606. It's the Pajama Party Show. And we're going to, what are we doing? We're going to take a CC break. And we'll be uh, right back with Hit It and Quit It Headlines. It's another Friday night at the Pajama Party Show. And we're here with our PJs on because you know we don't allow clothes in here. If you enjoyed the Pajama Party Show, why not invite a friend or tell a neighbor to tune in right now? Go ahead and text them. I'll wait. Tell them to call us right now at 914-803-4306. And if they want to join in on the conversation, tell them to press 1 so that we'll know they have something to say. We'd love to meet your neighbors, friends, and relatives. So send them a text, email them, or call them up and tell them to join us for the Pajama Party live on Blog Talk Radio. The more the merrier. Or is it Misery Loves Company or whichever? Tell them to call us up on 914-803-4306 if they just want to listen or press 1 if you want to join the conversation. Now let's get back to the crew and more of the Pajama Party show while I try to find out who hid the belt from my robe, I tell you the truth. Y'all know you're so wrong for that. Hi, welcome back to Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Yep. And red wine. Yo, yo. I mean, bonsoir, darling. <laughs> Went to Philly for a minute. Yeah, I went to I went to Paris by way of Philly, or vice versa. All right, let's do it. Hit it and quit it headlines. Let's hit them and quit them. Well, this one's going to be pretty interesting. You guys might have a lot of feedback on this, but uh, in Australia, apparently they do not play. A woman lied on her resume to land a $185,000 a year job. Now she's going to get it. A woman who lied on her resume and faked quote-unquote glowing references to land a high-paying job with an Australian regional government has been sentenced to at least a year in prison. Her name is Veronica Hilda Geralt. She's 46. She was convicted uh, of deception, dishonesty, abuse of public office. Uh, this is resulting from her 2017 application for the Chief Information Officer role, um, which has an annual salary of 270000 Australian dollars compared um, to U.S. is 185000 So yeah. she worked in the position in the South Australian Department of the Premier and Cabinet for over a month and earned about 22000 American dollars. 22500 before she was fired. She pleaded guilty to all charges and received a 25-month sentence with a non-parole period of the year. So the court heard that she submitted a fraudulent resume to the department with uh, false information relating about her education and prior employment. After she was granted an interview, she also posed as a previous employer during a reference check in which she gave, quote-unquote, Glowing feedback about her own performances, but uh, she is all Wait a minute, didn't end there. In earlier submissions, the court heard that um, Throat used a photo of supermodel Kate Upton as her LinkedIn profile photo. 
Oh, boy. She was going for it. And after um, starting the position in August, she was found to have hired her brother despite her despite him lacking the qualifications to perform the role. Her case became suspicious um, to the uh, department after her mental health, oh boy, deteriorated shortly after she started working in the position. <laughs> oh, please. Ooh. Ain't nothing wrong with her mind. She knew she was busted. Yeah. So well, wait a minute. Was... Huh? I just want her to get her name so I can put her on the kiss it list. Veronica Hilda Thrault, T-H-E-R-I-A-U-L-T, Thrault. Um, So the judge, uh, he says, you fraudulently obtained employment for which you were paid a large salary and in the course of which you may have had access to sensitive material. Hmm. So um, the court also uh, told... uh, she had previously used resumes with false information to obtain employment at two companies in 2010. I mean, I'm sorry, 2012 and 2014 also. So she got some issues going on. So, uh, yeah, I, I think she got what she deserved. I hate to say it, but that, that's what I think got. so. Yeah. I mean, she was just doing the most. You're going to lie on your mm-hmm. resume. You use the model's picture to say that was me. Then you hire your brother who's not qualified to do Jack Spratt. You're going to hire him. You're going to pose as a previous employer on an interview and give yourself good reviews. This girl really wanted that job. Yeah. But then she started acting the nuts about a month later. So they said, okay, let's just check out her resume and see what the hell is going on here. Who do we hire? Yeah, wow. sounds like all those lies got to her. And and you know what? I could see it was some kind of fluky job or, or, or I'm not saying retail fluky, but I'm saying a retail job or something like that. But you in a place where, like the judge said, you're looking at sensitive information. And who's to say that what you might do with that information? Exactly. What oh, is wrong with people? That's crazy. All right. We're going to hit him and quit him. Over to you, Pop yep. CD. Let's see. You got um, Walmart, Santa, and cocaine. What the hell is this? <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, what is it? Right, it says Walmart has apologized for selling, a, uh, for selling a pullover on its website that appears to show Father Christmas doing lines of cocaine. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's crazy. Okay, Sandy is <clears throat> seen sitting behind a table with uh, three lines of white substance in front of him, captured with a slogan, let it snow. <laughs> wow. The product, that ought to be shame. The product depiction of a Walmart Canada website says, uh, we all know how snow works. It's white, powdery, and the best snow comes straight from South America. That's bad news for jolly old St. Nick who lives far away at North North Pole. That's why Santa really likes to savor the moments when he gets his hands on some quality grade A Colombian snow. Man, what is all this is on a t shirt or something or 
Walmart has apologized for the sale of the product and said it has been taken down from the company's website. I mean, you know, see, a lot of this stuff is approved from the beginning, you know. Yeah. And then they try to apologize for some stuff that somebody in the in the boardroom approved, you know, because yeah, this is not the first time. It. It's not the first time we see some wacky stuff, you know, because there's there's a lot of stuff out there. And uh, that's ridiculous. You know, it's just yeah, it's a mess, you know. And um, I mean, you you see slogans all the time, advertising all the time of stuff that's just. Just outrageous. But Santa Claus with three lines of white. Well, stuff. somebody thought it was funny, and somebody said, "Let's just run it. Maybe we can sell two T-shirts, make a few thousand dollars." And and the first people to see it is advocates, and they shoot it down. And uh, you mm-hmm. know, so. that that was not even that was ill-conceived from the beginning. Well, they can't see yeah. it because they're they're in business. They're trying to make that buck. Yeah, they're so, yeah, they trying to make that money. And if it'll fly, they'll let it fly. It ain't the first time, you know. So they figured, let's make what we can make, and we'll apologize later when somebody says, oh, my gosh. There you go. Uh-huh. There was a, um, I also heard on the radio about a beer. It was like a, what they call it, IPA beer that they put out, and they pulled that, too, because they had um, reindeers on the beer. In like different positions. I'm like, are you serious? Sexual positions. Oh my goodness. What is wrong? People people just go too far. I'm not surprised. I mean, because the ones in the boardroom, they're just like, they're so casual, you know? Bunch of freaks in the boardroom. That's the problem. There you go. That's what it is. Bunch of freaks in the boardroom. I think you're right. Yeah. Apparently, Um. that's the problem. That's the problem. Okay. So they pulled it now. And yeah, they pulled it. And, you know. So now they're saying, we're sorry. We didn't mean it. Yeah, okay. All right. I got another one for you. The feds have busted an illegal streaming service that's bigger than, get this, bigger than Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Hulu, all put together. I don't know how these guys got, well, I guess they got busted because they got too big for their britches. Uh, This is coming out of Las Vegas. Two Las Vegas men who admitted to running one of the nation's largest illegal TV and movie streaming services have pleaded guilty this week and now face money laundering and copyright infringement charges, according to federal officials. Uh, the company was called I Stream It All, like a lowercase i, I Stream It All. Uh, they were an online subscription-based streaming site that allowed people to download TV episodes and movies. Now, the two operators of this company, I Stream It All, Daryl Polo, who, was 30, who is 36 years old, and Louis Valerino, who's 40 years old, told the Justice Department that their service offered access to more than 118,000 TV episodes and nearly 11,000 movies, all without consent from the content copyrighted owners. That's a lot of crap to have out there, and you don't have permission from not one copyright owner to have it out there. 
they just boot. I mean, it wasn't even like boot. I guess it's bootlegging. I don't know. Um, it says that they have more content than Netflix, Amazon Prime, Hulu, and Vudu combined, uh, according to the prosecutors. As part of their plea deal, you know they play it out, as part of their plea deal, Mr. Polo told the Justice Department that he got the episodes and movies from pirated websites, including torrent sites that specialize in infringing on copyrights, uh, content copyrights. Uh, Specifically, what they were doing was using um, a sophisticated computer program that would scour the Internet and look for pirate sites for new illegal content and then they download and process it and store it and do whatever they had to do to make it such that their subscribers would be able to watch all this stuff. So probably the minute something hit the screens in the theater, they had it on their streaming service. This is crazy. It says that they earned more than a million dollars running content pirating services, including an indexing website that was called Smackdown on You. So they use their programming knowledge to operate, oh, man, to operate what they call Jetflix, which was a different Las Vegas-based illegal streaming service. And at Jetflix, Mr. Polo and others used automated software to find and download illegal content and make it available for anybody in the U.S. and Canada that subscribed to their service. These people are something. So between Netflix and iStream at all, they were just, you know, infringing on copyrights all over the place. It's, you know, cost, costing other people who own the copyrights millions and millions of dollars. So, it's going to be interesting to see what happens to them. If they, uh, you know, get the book slammed at them, but they going to stop them with a fine or what? It's going to be interesting to see. Really? Yeah, because they got a plea deal, so yeah, it will be interesting. Because mm-hmm. right now yeah. it says they're going to be sentenced in federal court in Virginia, uh, but not until March. Yeah, Virginia don't play, so they free up until March. They can flee the, the, the country. <laughs> yeah, possibly, unless they, you know, have some restriction that prevents it, but... It says other defendants charged in the case are scheduled for trial starting February 3rd. <laughs> yeah, so there you have it. They were industrious. I'll give them that. Jetflix. All right, that's the Jetflix, yeah. I'm like, and you going to name your business close to the name of, you know, I guess they figure while we stealing. Let's steal it all. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so, yep. All right, well, that's the Hit It and Quit It headlines. Uh, we're going to take a short break, and we're coming back with Papa Didi and what's popping. You ready for us, Papa? Yeah, I'm ready. You got both barrels loaded up? Hmm. I know you got some good ones for us tonight. All right, we're going to take a break, and we're coming right back with Papa and what's poppin'. It's Friday night, and you're listening to The Pajama Party Show Live. Tune in every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 
8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. We push it to the limit every week like only we can. We've got hot topics, hit it and quit it headlines, TV and movie reviews, commentaries, and the world's famous Kiss It List. And you don't want to be on the Kiss It List. So visit apajamaparty.com. Check out the cocktail of the week. Get your glass and get your laugh on with the Pajama Party crew doing what we do right here with you. Get up on this and push it. Push it real good. Looking for a new cocktail to serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archive at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date, and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you. Hi, welcome back to the Pajama Party. One of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm your kettle. Hello. Yo. And red wine. Bonsoir. Yo. Collins. Bonsoir. Yo. Oh. Anyway, uh, let's see. Bonsoir. Uh, you know what's popping? I guess yeah. I guess we 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 really have to speak on this uh, this stuff that's been going on with this impeachment. You know. Um, I don't know. This this is just like this is the biggest damn waste of time. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if we even argued when we when we select when we vote for these officials. Did we really bargain to really see how people really feel? You know, you know. Sometimes when you go in the job market, you kind of just want to put on a facade as. Uh, you know, something that's going to be get you through the day. So your coworkers can kind of know you and not know you, not know your personal business. But when you come in like this impeachment thing and people uh, just uh, for the last two or three weeks or a month or so, just get on the microphone and just, just, just speak with just all kinds of uh, force to defend somebody else. You know, I, I always thought that, if there's an impeachment or any kind of hearings, I think that people really need to uh, listen to the facts and debate the facts of what's going on and see what's happening with it accordingly. But to, to, to sit up here and keep just defending people, you know, defending somebody's interest of that's already to show their ass. I mean, I can see if the person was a decent person from the beginning and got damned up into some crap, and then you're trying to justify the good in that person, but... You know, I, I just think that Trump shows his ass all day long. You know, then you got people that are like robots trying to defend this man. You know, and they're, they're just speaking with all kinds of force. 
it's almost like everybody's talking like Trump is looking directly at them. But he's going, they're going to get graded at the end of the day by Trump. Like Trump is going to send them a email or a phone call or something saying, good job, and they're nodding their head like a, like a good little fucking puppet. Like they did their job and they defended him and, and all that. But I'm, I'm just trying to figure out at the end of the day, you know, what's in it for you when you're defending a person so strong like that? Either what are you expecting to achieve from them or what are you covering up for them or what are you covering up for yourself? You know, I don't think anybody should be behind somebody 100% strong like that unless you, I mean, you could be behind somebody, but the person has to show their own character in the beginning. You can't get behind somebody who's just viciously vicious, and now you're just defending the viciousness. I mean, that's that's on lines of uh, communists, you know. I mean, it's like on lines of you're, you're trying to follow, uh, you know, Fidel Castro or somebody who, or uh, Kim Jong-un, somebody that's got a, that has a, uh, a political um, a communist to your head, either do or die situation. These will be free Americans here, but they're they're treating Trump like they're trying to really like just defend this man. He, like you're gonna you're gonna make him a better person by saying things that he what he meant to say or he didn't mean that. How does somebody? Why does somebody else to come? Why does somebody else have to come in and say what you meant to say? How come you can't say it your damn self? I never heard so many people say what somebody meant to say, or that's not what he meant, or he didn't mean that by that. Well, what the what, what are we speaking for him? I mean, we we have they, we have become a a brainwashed nation where we got to keep speaking up for this man in order to defend his interests. And I mean, you know, nothing comes to stay; everything comes to pass. And the Trump era will soon come to pass if it's one year or four years or. Or, or five years, you know, you get old, you get winded, you get, you know, you get, you get slower. You know, Trump is going to have his day where his, his soapbox is going to be over. Nobody's going to care about him when he starts to begin whatever his descent is from getting older, whether it be slurred speech or, or whatever it is that he's going to encounter when it comes to the age situation come, come into play. So, you know, we all, all our days is numbered. We don't know when we're going to stop being, uh, as sharp as we think we are. And for, for different people to defend him, that whole uh, Congress, that whole senator group, one year from now, they're going to look different. Nobody's going to be, like I said, nothing nothing comes to stay. Everything comes to pass. And that whole situation is going to look totally different as, as early as one year from now. So just stay tuned for all this because this, this election in 2020, it's going to be a mess, Okay. I think that the elections in November, early November, I think is the second, between the second and the sixth. By August of next year, right in the right at the end of the Olympics, the Summer Olympics, when they get on that final hustle for the presidential election, this world is going to be a damn mess. We're going to be bombarded, and everything on TV advertisement is going to be about different presidents running for. Whoever's running is going to be advertising the ass off. The network's going to make a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, a ton of money. Everybody's going to make money. Sponsored by, this is by, this is by that, that's by that. You know, and then the football season is going to roll in in September and October and the presidential election and all that. It's going to be a, 2020 is going to be a mess. You hear me? Just look out for that. That's all I got to say on that. But just beware of 2020 after August 1st. It's going to be a damn mess. Anyway, I'll be...
I agree. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be a mess. Yeah, I was going to talk about some of that later. What do you think, Kettle? It's going to be a mess? You out there, Kettle? She fell off her perch. All right. Well, we're getting ready to go to the weird news. Um, Let's see. I guess we can take a quick break, and then we'll come back with the weird news. Hopefully, Kettle will get back on her stool by then. (laughs) (laughs) Kettle, you all right? Yes, yeah, yeah, so I'm fine. Oh, there she is. Oh, okay. I thought you fell off your stool. Okay. No, the boss was taking a break. I had to go get my own costume. Oh, okay. I got you. We thought you wanted to go see a man about a horse. Oh, Lord, not that. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we're coming back with the weird news. We'll be right back on the Pajama Party Show. This is Papa Didi. You're listening to the Pajama Party on WPJP Blog Talk Radio. If you have something to add to the conversation, give us a call right now at 914-803-4306 and press 1 to be entered into the queue. I want to hear from the men, so call me, Papa Didi. Don't let kettle and red wine scare you. Just call and talk to me. I got your back. Number again is 914-803-4306 or go to apajamaparty.com. I got to get back before they notice I was gone. So call me now. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. No. Darling. <laughs> Bonsoir. Don't hate. Don't be a hater. <laughs> Ima, Ima, Imoke, Istan, Ima. All right. It's time for the weird news. And we've got some weird news for you tonight. Oh, Lord, I got the first story. Oh, my gosh. Why I get the penis story? Okay. All righty. I got the penis story. All right. Thousands of penis-like sea worms wash up on a California beach. This came out of California. Uh, California beach is arousing attention for attracting thousands of phallic-looking sea worms to its shores. These fat innkeeper worms, commonly known as penis fish, were spotted covering Drake's Beach in Marin County last week after a major storm, according to Bay Nature magazine. The worms survive in the muddy sand of low-zone mudflats by building U-shaped burrows. Um, David Ford, who saw the hordes of these worms during a walk along the beach, admits that he had never seen such a bizarre creature, and so many of them. He goes on to say, I had no idea what they might be, and it went on for at least two miles, these penis-looking worms all over the beach. He said he walked for about a half hour, and they were just scattered everywhere, and the seagulls were lined up all down the beach, 
the whole way, having eaten so many of them that the poor seagulls could hardly stand up. They ate so many of these penis fish, they couldn't even stand up. A quarter of them looked like they were still alive, the, the penis fish, but the rest of them were already dead. And the guy said that they had that dead sea creature smell. This is gross. So oh, far, oh. the penis fish are going to just waste on the beach. Certainly a missed opportunity for people fond of the gourmet cuisine. I'm like, what? Okay. Who eats these no, things? Okay. Just say who eats People. Yeah. Well, they missed out because these things already died. And the seagulls got the rest. That's gross. Mm. Yep. Yeah. All right. How are you, Papa? All right, this this weird news is a woman fakes uh, being kidnapped. I mean, not kidnapped, being, uh, yeah, kidnapped. Okay, so she could steal a car. All right, this is this happened in, uh, this happened in a town called Sophia, North Carolina. A North Carolina woman uh, ran to a man's house Wednesday to say that she had just escaped from an attempted uh, kidnapping by a stranger. Her name was uh, Virginia Savina. She was 37. Then, a, then a Leslie took advantage of the Good Samaritan's kindness by stealing his truck before leading authorities on a high-speed chase, according to the uh, Ralph County Sheriff's Office. Okay, upon hearing uh, Savina, her, her name is Saverdia, uh, Saverdia's story. She must be European or some shit. Upon hearing Severi's story, the man let her sit in his truck to warm up while he called 911. News outlets reported Savani allegedly then stole the truck, oh, that's foul. which was spotted by dep- by uh, deputies responding to the man's 911 call. Deputies tried to stop the truck, but Savannah led them on a 26-mile chase into a neighborhood mm-hmm. county, they said. Deputies soon boxed the truck in, and it got struck by uh, a. Gra- it got stuck on a grassy shoulder. Deputy says Savannah then tried to reverse the stolen truck and rammed the patrol car before trying to flee. She was arrested on more than a dozen charges, including driving the wrong way on a divided highway and felony assault with hey. a deadly weapon by vehicle. Uh, and damaging of a government vehicle. She gave authorities a fake name upon her arrest, but was uh, correctly identified when she got to jail. Deputy said it's unclear if she has a lawyer. A fake name? What the fuck? She must be uh, related to the lady with the fake resume. Well, she woke up this crazy. <laughs> she did all that to steal a truck and ain't get nowhere, got chased down by the police. Got a bunch of charges on her. Kiss a little. Yeah. I got her. Okay. You got the spelling correct? <laughs> no, yeah. but I got her. The better day. Severia. How you spell it? S E what? S A A. Oh. V E D R A. Okay. Got it. All right. Savedra. 
Z. Yeah, we got the A is solid. The A is solid. The fake kidnapping lady. Savezia. All right, what you got, Kev? Yeah, you must like that name, Papa. Okay. What lighter (laughs) pigeons in cowboy hats roam in Las Vegas? For reasons unknown, somebody is putting cowboy hats on pigeons in Las Vegas. Oh, Oh, my God. There has been multiple reports of Las Vegas birds sporting various colored cowboy headgear, raising many, many questions. So the Pigeon Rescue and Advocacy, uh-oh, group, Lofty Hopes, whose slogan is a pigeon-positive uh, movement, is working to find some answers. Yes, they may. Uh, Mariah Hillman, who runs Lofty Hopes, told Huff Post that after several days of searching, on Tuesday, that finally tracked down the pigeon in the red hat, which they've named Cluck Norris. Coolamity Jane, who wears a pink hat, is still out roaming the Wild West. There's also reported a brown-headed pigeon on the loose. The birds went um, viral last week after a video shot by local residents Bobby Lee was picked up by local media. Others also reported seeing the well-dressed birds out and about. <laughs> some, some social media users noted that the national um, finals rodeo happened to be in town, but the um, Professional Rodeo Cowboy Association had nothing to do with the pigeons wearing cowboy hats. So when captured, the birds will need to spend some time at the rescue while they work out how, how to de-cowboy them since <laughs> It appears the hats are stuck permanently. They may need to hang what? out at Lucy Hopes until they molt in the spring. Okay. Interesting. Who does stuff like that? I don't know. I wish they found the culture. Why would you why would you crazy glue hats on pigeons? Crazy. That's some sadistic person that thought I don't know. We got one called Calamity James and one called Cluck Norris. <laughs> Cluck Norris. How crazy. And Calamity Jane. Okay. Oh, God. What is wrong with these people? What are y'all doing? I don't know. It's something wrong with them. Well, two, the people named two of the pigeons. Cluck, one of them, Cluck Norris, and the other one mm-hmm. is Calamity Jane. Mm-hmm. I don't oh. know. There's a touch of madness around here. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. Lazy All right. People. Well, that wraps up the weird news. Uh, can I just slide right into I'm just saying? Sure. Can I just slide? No, I don't have a Last whole lot to say, but, but I'm going to just slide right into it. Um. All right, well, tonight my topic is uh, the battle of the billionaires. And this goes back to something Papa was talking about earlier um, with the people running and the campaigning and the commercials and everything. You know, it's bad enough that we have these self-professed, well, we have one self-professed billionaire already in the White House. Now we got two more billionaires who want to take a swing at the big chair. 
And they're spending major dollars to get their message out there uh, above all the other candidates who don't have pockets quite as deep. You got Tom Steyer, whose ads have been running for quite a while now, and he's, you know, he's blunt and direct about how Trump has failed the country and how he can do so much better. Then you got ex-mayor from New York, Bloomberg, another billionaire, who says that while Trump is tweeting, he's in the, up there doing things, getting things done. So that's what his contrast is. Um, and Bloomberg's ads are, you know, they're real high-gloss, high finished, you know, they look real good, slick, all of that. His message is clear, too. I'm just saying, you know, now we got the battle of the billionaires trying to take over the White House. And I'm as nice as their commercials look, I'm just not that impressed. I just feel like, you know, some people, okay, some people have said that both uh, Steyer and Bloomberg are trying to buy the election. You know, they got the money to do it. I don't know. That may be true. I, maybe that's not what they intended on doing, but that sure is what it's starting to look like. And it looks like they're doing a good job with the TV ads that they're running, but I don't know if anybody else running for president uh, against him could even compete with that. Have you seen those ads? I mean, that stuff looks almost like a movie trailer. It looks really good. And they make a lot of good points. You know, it's very compelling. I, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, when you have all that money, you can do that kind of stuff. Everybody else running, you know, they're out here beating the pavement trying to raise money. These folks have money to burn, you know, between Steyer and Bloomberg. But we still have a long way to go in the process. And once the other candidates start spending their money on the TV ads, we're going to be drowning in political commercials, like Papa said earlier. Frankly, I'll be happy when the whole primary is over. Then, of course, we move into the next phase of political ads. It'll be one side against the other. Why you shouldn't go with this person, go with that person, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'll be glad when all of that stuff is over. I'm just saying, I'm not quite feeling this battle of the billionaires, but what real choices do the Democrats have? We got three senior citizens, a couple of people that are younger, less experienced, and then we got a couple of billionaires. You know, it's like, well, what are we supposed to choose? Just because you run a profitable and a successful company does not mean you can run the country the same way. I mean, look at 45. He tried it, and look how that worked out. Okay, exactly. I'm just saying, we can't let this battle of the billionaires take our eyes off of the goal or the prize. We need to elect somebody who can, first of all, beat 45, and who can handle the stress of the job, and hopefully who will live through their first term. You know, no shade to the elders, but I'm just saying. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, you know, I'm not with this battle of the billionaires. Unless they plan to use their billions to help the country, you know, maybe help out some of these government programs that need more funding or something, bailouts and all that. If you're not using your billions for that, then what good is it? 
might as well stop talking about what you got if you're not going to use it to help everybody else. So that's all I'm saying. Tired of these people, these billionaires want to be president. Go sit down. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that was a good one, real one. <laughs> okay, thank you. Just saying, you know, people just throwing money. They making it rain all over my television. And I'm like, yeah, but in reality, is this mm-hmm. really what you want to do? Yeah. Oh. yeah. As my mama would say, the, the poor folks, you got to be poor to be a president. You can understand, you know. How the other half lives because if you high on the hall, you really don't know, you know. Unless yeah, you, unless you, you don't came, relate. You, right, unless you came from poverty and then you made, you know, something of yourself. But it's, that's not the case with our current, you know, what, 45. <laughs> you, you know, exactly. It's so good. So. Yeah, you're right. Let me see. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Up next is Living for the City. Uh, shall we keep rolling or shall we take a CC break? Keep rolling. All right. All right. Papa said keep it rolling. All right. All right. Keep rolling. Rolling You're up, Papa Didi. Living for the City. What's happening? Well, you know, i tell you what. I think as uh, the one thing that people are going to realize during this election <clears throat> I think everybody got open their eyes because first of all uh, they need black people in order to win and that's a fact so they're not admitting it yet no, nor would they ever admit it but they're going to try to slide in based on how they can grease the hole that they fit down in you got Bloomberg, for example. Uh, even though he had these ads and stuff, I think he's canceled out because um, when he did that stop and frisk thing at the time, and um, all that reform when it comes to uh, people uh, driving and all, you know, black people were. He knows it. He went to a church and apologized, but you didn't apologize on what you're going to do going forward by what kind of situation you put thousands and thousands of families through during that time frame and who's still in jail because of that, because some overzealous cop had the right now to stop and frisk. And Giuliani took advantage of that, and Bloomberg took advantage of that, and the biggest people that suffered on that was people of color. And then when you're going to run for president, the first thing you do is take your ass in a black church and act like you're going to apologize for some shit. You're going to get up on the podium and say, I'm sorry that this or that. Well, you knew that you had to mention it because you didn't want to come up in your political political travels over the next few months. But apologizing didn't change the fact that that, that one black man who went to jail for 14 years for a couple of joints and his fucking ashtray back then when they bust people for roaches in the ashtray and this man did 14, 14 years of his life while you spent 14 years making billions this man spent 14 years in jail and he's not the only person 
So there again, I said apologizing for that situation didn't make things better. You didn't rectify what you did on that. How are you going to apologize for a situation and don't look at the, the statistics of what, what went down during then, how many people was affected by that shit? And you didn't talk to no families or had the families at the church that you have fucked up their lives and apologized to a couple families just to show that you are reaching deeper. No, you throw a bullshit apology, throw some commercials on TV, and we supposed to just forget about this shit, you know? I mean, when you fart in a room and walk out the damn room, the smell is still in the fucking room, you know what I mean? Even though you're not in there anymore and you didn't claim the fart from the beginning, the room still smells like your shitty ass. So anyway... Let's cancel out. Let's cancel out Bloomberg right there because of that. Now, going further with with Biden. Biden thinks he got it going on because he was he was on Brock's jock. So we think he's gonna just take that blackness in there. I never seen you know white privileged people like him kind of feel like they ever needed black people for anything. But being the fact that Brock had a, a good clean record and everything was cool with him, I guess. Uh, I guess uh, Biden felt like it was cool to ride with Barack because Barack had, was up and standing and had a good family and all that. If Barack had the slightest bit of baby bomb, baby mama drama, then believe me, Biden would have been taking his spaces away from Barack as well. Because white folks, as soon as black people look a little crooked, they're going to flee. Just like fucking Justin Timberlake did after he, you know, did the fucking wardrobe malfunction. He went back to the white community, you know. And now his ass is in trouble again 15, 20 years later because he out there fucking around on his wife, you know, with a woman of color, you know. So there again, just go to show you, he, he, he nestles up the black people when he needs to. Mm-hmm. But now he made this policy saying he made a big lapse in judgment. You sitting there off a, a set from a, they were co-stars in a show or um, whatever they were starring in together, and they sitting there fucking having a drink at the table, and she's got his, she's got her hands up his, up his fucking legs. You know, it's obviously you motherfuckers doing some casual fucking. You know, and then you got this lady Beale. They put her, in, I seen her in her in a magazine for one of the ten most beautiful women in the world. Now how the fuck are you going to advertise her as being one of the ten most beautiful women in the world, and she's married to a joker that's fucking around on her? And, I mean, it's just so, but I'll leave that for uh, Hollywood, uh, you know, I'll let Kettle cover that stuff. Anyway, now, getting back to the situation on that, you know, now you get rid of Cory Booker because you kind of feel like he's, you're comparing Booker to, to, to Barack. And you say, well, he's not, he's not this, not that. Well, you know, he's an upstanding black man. He ain't did nothing wrong. He ain't did no, no more wrong than, um, what's the guy's name, Budichet? Okay. So now we're, we're stuck between us, but, but see, we're so blind to shit that when I listen to like a gentleman like Joe Madison's show in the morning on Urban View, a lot of older black people, you know, especially a lot of females, they're just so strung out on Joe Biden, it's not even funny. They are fucking Joe Biden to the core, and I think that he'll win just on popularity alone, but I think we need something different. I think we need somebody... Like like Budichet or uh, even the other the, the lady is running the senator. What is her name, uh, Rewan? Klobuchar. Klobuchar or you know somebody that has something different going on because this old man shit or this billionaire shit or this I've been in politics for a thousand years stuff. 
that something got old, you know? We need some new free thinking. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just a response to the whole thing. But the billionaires, you can cancel them out because they don't give a crap about nothing, you know? They, they, they're not even going to go, like you said, they're not going to go in the neighborhoods of these black folks, you know? That's just not their thing. And if you do go in the neighborhood, what you going to do with your limousine? You're going to leave it parked on the corner and walk down to the hood? You know, I mean, I don't I don't understand. So, but we'll see what happens. But I just think we should keep a free mind and we should stay away from the billionaires. We should stay away from Biden. And we should pick someone, whatever, or whatever's left in the crowd, something different. I don't think we should go with that Asian dude. What's his name? He's Andrew talking, Yang. Yeah, he's talking a bunch of shit. I all he can do is dry clean He's my... He's going to give everybody $1,000 a Yeah, month. well, he can just dry clean my shirts and shit. And I'm not, Ooh, I'm racist. Not, yeah, racist as hell. <laughs> dry clean my shirts, brother, and give me some Chinese food. Ooh. Wait. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone, but that's just my opinion. Back off the millionaires, back off the old folks. And uh only one's left is the senator and uh, Buttigieg and uh, what's his name, Buttigieg? Yeah, you got Elizabeth Warren. Well, she's one no, of No, no, not Warren. Warren is, she just, she she's on medication. <laughs> and the other guy, what's his name, Bernie Sanders, he just yeah. needs to go and rest himself and just be cool and make his money as Senator of Vermont and let it be. But right now, we don't we don't need that. We, we need some youth in there. When I say youth, I don't mean young and inexperienced. Just somebody that moves a little more lucrative. Cause I see enough old ass Republican senators where I'm just, I'm just burnt out on that fucking Ben Gay fucking Geritol look. I just had enough of that shit. That old look of everybody's just got the chin cut in like a, you know, like a ventriloquist, you know, with a little square <laughs> mouth that goes up and down. And what's the guy's name? The leader of the the Senate, uh, uh, McConnell, Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell with the cut mouth that opens up like a damn ventriloquist. And I'm just tired of that whole box cut look of somebody 90 damn years old. It does old. look a little wooden. I've had enough of that. And then the people that stand behind him when he's at the podium. No old guys. I mean, it's almost like an old picture of, it's just a mess. Anyway, I'm going to leave that alone. Okay, man. Thank you, Papa. All right. Can we take it out to the West Coast and get the uh, entertainment report, a Hollywood wrap-up? Oh, we rocking and rolling tonight, huh? We're on a roll, okay. And let's oh, rock and roll. Fine. All right. Well, I'm going to elaborate on uh, Papa DD. I'm going to give a statement from Justin Timberlake. He uh, tweets out, he says, I stay away from gossip as much as I can, but for my family, I feel it's important to address recent rumors that are hurting the people I love. A few weeks ago, I displayed a strong lapse in judgment, but let me be clear. Nothing happened between me and my co-star. I drank yeah, way whatever. too much that night, and I regret my behavior. I should have known better. This is not the example I want to set for my son. He goes on to say, I apologize to my amazing wife and family for putting um, them through such an embarrassing situation. And I am focused on being the best husband and father I can be. This was not that. I am incredibly proud to be working on, um, I guess, the, the 
movie is called Palmer. I'm looking forward to continuing to make this movie and excited for people to see it. First of all, um, why do you have to make a public apology? My thing is you're a grown, daggone man, and you can drink as much as you want, but, you know, your perception of what had happened was that's between you, should be between you and your wife. So I'm like, I'm just over it. You know, why is it such a big deal? But, you know, it's just what these tabloids do. They make things bigger than what it really is. So, you know. Anyway, moving on from that, I just had to address that for you, Papa. <laughs> um, also, in, in other Hollywood news, um, a famous uh, TV series is going to be rebooted. Guess what? Power Rangers is going to be rebooted by Paramount. Tell them. I hear cricket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In um, 2017, they rebooted it. Um, that was Lionsgate rebooted it. In 2017, they had a budget of $105 million, and they only made $142 million. You go figure. Um, and the Power Rangers TV series aired for 26 seasons on Nickelodeon. So just stick with that. Stick with what works. Don't try to go rebooting something that didn't make any sense in the first place. But anyway, so we'll see what's going to happen with that. Um, also, Jumanji Part Two. Their budget was 90 million. So far, they've raked in 36 million. So I guess they can start paying some of the folks back. But um, I don't know if you guys remember the original Jumanji, 1995. I okay. That one was good. Yeah. Right, it was. Now, the story has changed a little bit. Now, the first story, the 95 version, was two kids find and play a medical, um, I'm sorry, magical board game, and they release this man that's been trapped for decades. So, um, and then the different things that go on with that. Now, the uh, Jumanji... Um, in um, 2017, when that one was released, this is about four teenagers. They are they are stuck into a magical video game, so it's kind of the opposite. And they only and the only way out is to escape, is to work together to finish the game. So they're inside of the game, but they got stuck in, inside of the game. Now in 2019, um, the Jumanji, uh, the part two, the next level. Same characters, um, Kevin Hart and um, The Rock and um, um, what's the guy's name from, um, I forgot the white guy's name, I forgot his name. Dwayne Johnson, Jack Black. Jack Black, Jack Black. Um, In this one, the gang is back, but the gang has changed. Um, As they return to rescue one of their own, the players will have to brave parts unknown from the desert to snowy uh, mountains to escape the world's most dangerous game. So it, it's, it's like cat and mouse. So it's just going to be interesting. I mean, from the first version to the version in 2017 to, to this, it's going to be interesting. So um, you guys go check it out. Yeah, and like true. I said, they made, 36, they made $36 million already. So I guess they had some, some, some big wigs that they had to pay, um, Kevin Hart, The Rock, um, you know, 
So that was probably isn't most uh, isn't Danny DeVito in this too? No, Jack Black is. Um, okay, I thought Danny DeVito was in this this reboot. Okay, let yeah, me Danny DeVito and Danny Glover. And Danny Glover Kevin too. Yeah. Oh yeah, Danny DeVito, Jake Jonas, Jake Jonas, Nick Jonas. Um, and Danny Glover also. Danny Glover, you got it, you got it, you're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I'm a, I'm a producer on that. Oh, okay. Oh, are you? Okay, Mr. Producer. All right. Um, also, um, we lost a great one, Danny Aiello. That's how you pronounce his name. Um, he was the um, the actor that played in. He played in Madonna's video, Papa Don't Preach. He was in that video. He um, started his career in the early 70s. He played in The Godfather 2. He also got a Daytime Emmy Award for an ABC After School um, movie. Oh, okay. And uh, and he's received... um, he won numerous awards for Doing the Right Thing. That was in 89. He did um, Spike Lee's Doing the Right Thing. He was the owner of the pizza uh, joint. And he won oh, numerous yeah, awards. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Sal was the mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sal. And, right he, and he also played in um, Moonstruck. He played in Moonstruck. Yep. With uh, yeah. and He played in uh, Moonstruck and Cher. Also, one last yeah. note, um, since we're Netflix, um, Dolomite um, is about Ru- Rudy Ray Moore, and yeah. um, Rudy Murphy plays the character. I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an awesome film. You'll laugh from beginning to end. Um, it, was, it was a good movie. It was a good flick. So. Yeah, Dolomite was very mm-hmm. racy. That was a racy character, boy. Whew. And who's playing well, Dolomite? Who's playing? Uh, Eddie Murphy. He was Dolomite. His name is his, his name is Rudolph Frank Moore. They called him Rudy Ray yeah. Moore. He was Ray a comedian, Moore. musician. He was a singer, a film actor, and a producer. And mm-hmm. he produced this um, first movie was Dolomite, and um, that was back in '75. He had numerous movies that he produced. Um, and this one, Dolomite is my name. I'm telling you, is worth watching on Netflix. It's in the theaters. This is a, a few of the movies that was in the theaters and on Netflix. So um, it, it was. It was a good. It was. It was like I said, funny from beginning to end. Um, it's worth seeing. So that's that's my Hollywood wrap up. Thank you for that. I'm gonna have to check that movie out. Yeah, I heard that, he got that a nub back. or something that, with the what is it, the Oscar? Like, well, well, let me warn you, it's quite a bit of profanity. But I'm saying, after a while, you're like, you just, you just, just going to just, just be laughing. <laughs> yeah, Dolomite, Dolomite was on a whole different circuit. I mean, I, yeah. I learned about Dolomite from my older relatives. I mean, Dolomite was up there with the with the stash of. Been up there with Red Fox and. Oh no, no! Dolomite stood by itself. He was up there with all the, the the girly magazines and everything. If you went into the deep dark circles of of 
of, of talking stuff and porno and all that, boy. Dolomite was the shine, shine, please save me. That was one of his biggest jokes. Uh, they, they called it so shine. But you know what? I've, I've read and I've seen, I've heard it also, like from Snoop Dogg and um, 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 from um, some other rappers, that he was kind of mm. more or less the first um, person to start rapping. And they got hit, hit, uh, their style from him. From yeah, him Dolomite was a very him. unique person. Yeah. He was, Rudy yeah. Moore was a, a very, but he was off the circuit because they, they accepted Richard Pryor with the, with the curse and the MFs and all that, but uh, Dolomite was off the beaten path, man. You had to go, you had to go into the deep to find Dolomite. Or well, the the character was Dolomite, the person Rudy Ray Moore. He got albums out there. You can you can go on YouTube and find his albums. But that brother was like saying some nasty shit. I mean, where he came from? This is Fort Smith, Arkansas. And yeah. and the things that he did and the, the like I said the albums that he produced that was interesting mm-hmm. and he was he, he did pretty good he he was he was he was worth yeah. ten million dollars so that's a lot of money yeah. he, he did okay for himself and his yeah. album covers and posters always had like like you know who you know who kind of I wouldn't say stole his style but you know who followed him when it comes to all kind of exotic stuff like that. Was the brother uh, that's on the uh, on the, on the movie on? Hmm? Who's that? The Wayne brother? No, no. I'm talking about who stole his style when it comes to album covers and provocativeness. The brother's on that show, uh, Law and Order. What's his name? Uh, Ice T. Ice T. Oh, no, oh, Ice okay. T. Not Ice. Yeah, yeah. If you look at some of Ice T's album covers with with but big uh-huh. butts on them and different stuff like that. And all that, yeah. that Ice T is the closest you're going to get to the whole pimp life of Rudy Ray Moore. If you look at Ice T, he kind of coveted mm-hmm. uh, modern day Rudy Ray Moore and I came did. in like that. Mm-hmm. But but you still couldn't come mm-hmm. in that hard because Rudy Ray Moore shit was just dark and nasty, boy. Woo. Yeah. I mean, dark and nasty. I mean, I'm sure Eddie Murphy didn't turn it up like Rudy Ray Moore did. I've never heard it. Yeah, he was. Well, he was undercover. He was undercover. I know of him, but I've never underground. Heard it was underground. But he was out the same time Richard Pryor was, if not longer. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he had a joke called. Yeah, it, one of his biggest jokes was uh, he was on a boat. And he he was talking about a character. He, he kind of had his joke, and also was like uh, uh, Bernie Mac, you know, the same flavor like that, mm-hmm. where he had to get his mm-hmm. jokes get your attention. And he had a character mm-hmm. called uh, Shine, and Shine right. jumped off a sinking boat. And and, and the mm-hmm. joke was Shine, Shine, please save me. A white woman yelled out at him while he was swimming to land. Shine, Shine, please save me. I give you all the coochie your eyes can see. And he said, your coochie may be good, your coochie may be fine, but first I got to save this black ass of mine. And he was, But he said it so <laughs> clever. He said it so, I'm telling you, Rudy Ray Moore was a hell of, I mean, I got it from my, my brother-in-law, Aaron. My brother-in-law, Aaron, who was a, uh, he was he was into the streets. And he brought that Rudy Ray Moore albums and shit home. And I was like, whoa. I was 13, 14 years old saying, whoa. This is underground <laughs> shit. That's why when I first heard about Freeway Moore and Dolomite coming out, I was like, where the hell are they going to play this at? That's why it had it had to be some Netflix undercover stuff because I got to see it myself, like you said, uh, Kettle. 
because uh, Rudy yeah, Ray Moore was the shoo. Yeah. I thought I was doing something when we snuck and listened to a Pygmy Markham no, album. No, no, Rudy Ray And Moore. that was mild. Rudy but Ray even Moore those was, jokes I didn't totally get when I was young. Rudy Ray Moore was one of the most provocative brothers out there, man. He was. Phew. You know Pygmy Markham? Yeah. He was All on right. a different page. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, well thank you, Kettle, for the Hollywood wrap-up. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, we're going to shift over to the cocktail of the week. What you got for us tonight, Kevin? Mm-hmm. Mata Hari. Mata We got some spy drinks. Uh, <laughs> all right. Mata so Hari was a spy. Oh, okay. Well, this, this is a serious spy drink then. All right, so we're going to have some Grimmett Martin, and it got to be 1738. Uh, 1.25 ounces. Oh, that's quite a bit. That's more than one ounce. 1.25 ounces of Grimmett Martin, 1738 cognac, one ounce of employees only chai infused sweet vermouth, okay, Uh, 0.75 ounces of lemon juice, 0.5 ounces of simple syrup. 0.75 0.75 ounces of pomegranate juice and a dried orchid rosebud. Okay. Add Ooh, all ingredients to a mixing glass and fill with um, a large cold ice cube. Shake vigorously and strain into a chilled coupe glass. Garnish with three rosebuds. Okay. Interesting. And that Sounds is tasty. the Marahuna. Mm-hmm. So, All right. That'll be on the right, website. Uh, yeah, we'll have to put that up there. You can try it out when you feel like you want to step up your game with the cocktail. Try the Matahari. All right, Papa Didi, can you tell us about what exactly is the kisses list? Because that's up next. Yeah, well, that kisses list is when we put it down, put it out there. All the people that showed their ass over the last couple of weeks, and uh, we put them on blast. I mean, I just want to talk about that whole Republican Party when it came to that impeachment, boy. They were just talking a bunch of nothing, shouting out loud. I mean, whew. And, and they they probably wouldn't and drank beer and joke about it at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, because it, it wasn't even mm-hmm. serious conversation. It wasn't even nothing you could sink your teeth in. Everybody was throwing a bunch of rhetoric out there, and you know, that's what they did. Mm -hmm. All right, Um, yeah. And on that note, I don't know his name, but the person, one of the people that represents Florida, the guy with the kind of boxy head, dark hair, that was uh, speaking on behalf of the Republicans, him. You are on the kiss it list. And the guy who never wears a suit jacket. Yeah, that's uh I can't think of his name, but he oh, is man, on the kiss it list. I can't see yeah, him. Yeah, him. His name uh damn what is, I, I can't kn- think of it but I knew his name right off the list. top of my head is just the name. Um Well while you think of it, I'm gonna go on down the list. Also we have uh Miss Veronica, the lady that lied on her resume, 
and then claim that she was, you know, having mental health issues or whatever. Yeah, she had mental health issues. Yeah, Veronica Theroux, her. You're on the kiss it list, Mm -hmm. Miss Veronica. Also, um, (laughs) Virginia Saavedra, the lady that faked her own kidnapping. Mm -hmm. She is on the kiss it list. And whoever put those cowboy hats on those pigeons in Las Vegas, you're on the kiss it list. Oh, Lord. I mean, why would you do that? So you're on the kiss it list. Who else? We got I'm Roger Goodell as usual. Yeah. And, um, uh, 45. Mind to put Portis and those nine other people dealing with that medical, uh, NFL medical stuff, if it's true. Oh, yeah. Put them on the kiss it list. You got anybody else, Papa Diddy? Nah, just that whole Republican situation, man. I'm yeah, like, everybody who was in the Republican committee that spoke. That's oh, and I also want to put forty five on there specifically for tweeting over one hundred times just today. What no. the freak are you doing that you have so much nothing. time to be on Twitter? Nothing. He ain't doing nothing. nothing. I mean, it's sad. That is a sad, sad commentary. If you have time yeah. to tweet more than a hundred times, most of which were about the impeachment, just go sit down. Go sit down. Mm-hmm. And somebody once no. told me, sit down. Sit down. Mm-hmm. That's what you need to do. <laughs> sit down. I got one uh, more. You have a, uh, go ahead. The Patriots, the Patriots team cheating for filming the Browns game prior to them playing them. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. Isn't that sad? Yo if cheating. you're supposed to be the best, why are you cheating? Yeah. Yeah. You can't win. You, you know, you can't win all those games and not cheat. This goes back, this, just briefly, this reminds me of Lance Armstrong. For so many years, he's lied. No, I'm not taking steroids. For seven straight years, he's won that particular uh, award as far as racing. Then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, yeah, I did do some doping. Okay, finally admitted it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yep. Lance Armstrong, Tendon. <laughs> all right. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? His name is Jim Jordan. Oh, Jim Jordan, that's him. The guy that never wears a suit jacket. Republican. He was first elected in 2006. He was a college wrestling coach linked to a scandal of uh, sexual stuff that they pushed under the rug. But this this guy who was uh, at Ohio State where he went to college was he was he's a, he was obsessed with men as the uh, one of the assistants to the uh, coach and and and, and uh, Jim Jordan never said anything and the guy was so backed up with that whole sexual scandal he ended up committing suicide. Oh, that's wow. how bad he was there with all those guys on that wrestling thing and Jim Jordan was in the middle of all of that and never said anything and that man just molested like hundreds of college people right under mm. Jim Jordan's nose as a coach of the wrestling team. And now he's up here talking the shit 
on an impeachment thing defending Trump when somebody did defend his ass the way he let all those boys get abused right. as young college people on a scholarship by that guy that was, oh, please, we only want to, please, don't even get me started on that one. But Jim Jordan doesn't wear jackets because he's got a, he's got a sweat impediment, I guess, or something. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Is that everybody for That's the kisses? All right. Well, we have an award for everybody on this week. Kiss it. Listen, here it is. Kiss my empire ass. My ass. You can Yeah, welcome back to the John Party One. Your host, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Bonsoir. It's time for the last word, because we're about to make a move. Get on up out of here. <laughs> uh, Papa Didi, what's your last word tonight? My last word is, uh, I tell you, that impeachment stuff, man, that was just a bunch of... That was a bunch of malarkey. I never seen people defend somebody so much in my life. Trump did not deserve all that defense because his ass is horrible. And if you just sit up there and act like that's an upstanding gentleman, then your ass is brainwashed, cuckoo for cocoa pops or something. Because ain't nothing decent about that man. I don't give a crap what nobody says. And it's a mess. I can't even. I can't even justify it. He's, I understand. He's a mess, and the way people be praising his ass, they are crazy. <laughs> I can't even explain yeah. it. The way they do it. Oh, how can you say that? He's a great man. He's a great man. Really? Yeah. That man is a mess. Anyway, that's Red Wine's voice. I ain't no, gonna talk not about hardly. It. Well, my last word is don't let the billionaires buy the election. Not at all. Get out there and first register and get out there and vote on election day. Don't feel like, well, my one vote won't matter because collectively they all matter. So register and vote. Over to you, Cal. Well, my last word is simple. Stop cheating. <laughs> New England needs to stop cheating. Cheetah Weeders, stop cheating. Roger Cadell's the Crafts, y'all need to stop having lunch every other week. And coming up with some ways to cheat, just stop cheating. Play fair. Like everybody else play fair. That's all. Stop mm-hmm. cheating. Those, those guys that are caught up in that NFL scandal, y'all need to get yourselves together. Y'all out here making millions and millions of dollars. Y'all need to learn how to invest your money. Put it where it's supposed to go. You got to give back to some of these communities that y'all been in. 
that uh, uh, undeserved or whatever, y'all need to give back to them. And maybe God will bless you in some way as far as monetary or your satisfaction in your life or something. But y'all, y'all not doing the right thing. If you don't do the right thing, it don't come back to you. So y'all better get it together. Hopefully y'all All be right. cleared of whatever's going on or whatever, but get your, get your lives together. And New England, stop cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that might be the only way they win. And I and I tell you one more thing, Kettle. Is uh-huh. uh, to that Justin that Justin Timberlake. You know, like uh-huh. you said earlier, who 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 are you BSing? Okay. You yeah. sit up there, the girl had the girl had his, her hand up in his crotch. If you look at a picture that the paparazzi took, okay? And now, like I said, and why? Who are you, who are you apologizing to? To the public? To the you know what I mean? I guess. And yeah. she she knew she know your situation. Everybody knows that you married this into who? And she's sitting there yes. in public, and you sitting there you sitting there not even moving her hand off your leg, and the paparazzi taking pictures. Well, both of y'all crazy. What it was is that your Johnson was hard as a rock, and she was horny as a fish. So everything else didn't mean a thing. And now it's like, oh, I made a lap. He shouldn't have put himself in that position. He shouldn't have never put himself in that position. Sitting outside the open. Well, if if you're going to drink and you were married, you need to drink alone. (laughs) But I don't think, I don't really think that booze is ever an excuse for nothing. I'm not buying that. I ain't buying that shit. I, I drink. But it don't mean I'm just gonna go out there on the on the on the on the tip like that just because I got a booze in me. That's an excuse. You sat out in the open with that woman's hand all up in your in your crotch, you know. And that, and the paparazzi, the picture was taken. Don't you think the paparazzi taking pictures of you? I mean, that was just to me that was just a mess. And it just goes to show you, like I said, when the thing happened with Janet Jackson, he ran back to white folks for a while. Then he came back dancing and hopping every time he got a new album. And something new to put out or a jazz thing he had going on with the finger popping all. He got a bunch of black people behind him, a black chorus, black background singers, a black band. So he can make his money. But as soon as he makes his money, he runs right go back over to the guy that hosts the night show. What's his name? Uh, what's the boy's name on NBC? With the, with the, um, Jay Leno. Fallon. Not Jay Leno. Uh, Fallon. Yeah, Jimmy Fallon. He runs right back to Jimmy Fallon and plays that white thing for a while. I mean, Justin Timberlake is back and forth when it comes to needing black folks for his entertainment money, but goes to white folks to live. But he went to that woman of color to get some coochie on the side. So he got that black and he got that jungle fever. You can you can check the box with him with a jungle fever guy. That's all I got to say on that shit. All right. Because that woman he's that woman he's messing with, she is a woman of color. What was her name? Uh, Ali- what was her name? Alisa. Alisa something. I forget her name. Yeah, I don't know her name. But it's, Alicia. It's, it's, uh, just elaborate on that. It's going to be interesting to see how this movie comes out. If it's going to gain gain some momentum or it's going to be tanked. Because yeah, right, exactly. It can only so, go two we'll ways. Right, so we'll All see. Right. What side is going to be on the black side or white side? We'll see. Okay, there, <laughs> there it is. All right. All right, is that it? We wrapped? I think his wife should go out there searching after one of them basketball players. 